Stuart Sanders, under pressure, bounces, takes his time, does it, touchdown, Buffalo! Jinty, good cutback, lots of room, he's 40, like a rocket, look at Jinty go, breaks a tackle, he's 20, he's 10, he's touchdown, 58 yards! Brooke, end zone, caught, touchdown, Luther Burton the third, and Missouri strikes back! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Burning the Red Shirt. It's been a few weeks uh, per my life insurance. I've had a what is it, a major life event per my health insurance, so things have slowed down a little bit for me. So getting some writing in, finally was able to grab some time here with Andrew to talk, I guess, what we usually talk about in March, which is uh, conspiracy theories and best ball drafts. Uh, and the dismay and ruin of my quarterbacks in Nate's dynasty league. So, what well, would you, you like to start are, with, Andrew? You, you. I just want to make sure I have this right. You, you drafted Cedric Baxter in the third round, and then proceeded to write an article about why he sucks. I wrote an article about how I could see him be a bust. The article that I released on Campus to Camp was basically: here's three guys that are being picked similarly. I have a. I have I'm down bad when it comes to these guys. I listed out guys from tell me how you feel about these guys that were drafted in previous years. And if you drafted any of these running backs, okay. So the theory was okay, well, let's look at running backs that have not really done anything at the school that they're currently at, yet are being drafted fairly high. So Kamar Wheaton or Corey Kiner, did you ever draft any of those guys? Either of those guys? No, Josh uh, Chevalier never let me get at either of them in 2022. And then I I took a little bit of Kiner this past year, like when he was there late. And I, that 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 played paid out pretty decently in year two. In 2023, like, Kiner, yes. Uh, yeah. I cited his first year at Cincinnati. But yeah, I think he's an appealing option uh, in 2024. Yeah. We'll see what I think the offense will be better. And with I think Soresby is kind of an interesting quarterback as well. But has he been going, uh, Kiner in drafts? So I just took him in this one. I no, I was about to take him. I think he went in like the 14th or 15th round. True. If he's there a few rounds later, I would probably consider it. Yeah. Okay. Aiden Robbins and Christopher Brooks. I took so much of those guys in back to back years. Tay McWilliams. Did you ever take Tay McWilliams? A little. And I took a little Robbins this past year too. No Brooks. Dominic Richardson, you had to have taken him. No, dude, that guy sucks. <laughs> he was so bad. Yeah, we kept drafting him. Uh, we as a community. Rodney Hammonds, John Lee Eldridge. Those that was my list. I mean, these you you see the theme here with these guys, right? Yeah. So my thought was let's talk about three guys that could potentially fit that mold. And then yeah, I did draft Baxter. So yeah, that's just how it all goes down. But are you is the the thesis here? guys that just had little production in the previous year or guys who are walking into a new school? It's a new role, new role slash school. So like, you know, with CJ with Baxter, it's okay. Well, he was kind of the RB two last year. He got a little bit of run as the guy last year at the end. And now he's the guy in theory. That's how we're drafting him. Penny Boone was another guy in Abu Sama. So uh, Penny Boone, new school, Abu Sama, same school, but kind of, 
going into the season as like the I could have listed like Cartevius Norton or something too. I feel like wasn't he kind yeah. of the same main last year in drafts? I kept on going. Do you like any of those three? Sama, I'm in on for sure. Uh, it feels very that's maybe not from a role perspective, but like his style feels similar to what Nick Singleton should be. Um, just like straight up boomer bust. I feel like we've never heard anything definitive in terms of Singleton being hurt this past year, but I like I don't understand how that dude could have been so bad throughout the entire year without being hurt in some capacity. And then the last couple of games, he started to look like himself, like for just from like an explosive department. Like I don't understand how that guy gets so many carries every week. Not like not, we're not talking 20 plus, but 10 to 15 carries never breaks a, a run over like five yards the entire season for the first like 11 games somehow plays the entire season and doesn't hit the over on his, on his rushing prop that was slotted at like 725 yards and felt like stealing. Like that, that was an annoying loss uh, from a season long prop perspective. But the just think about Sama, like the, like just in term, he should have like a larger share of the pie than Singleton, but just in terms of what you're thinking, what when you're drafting him, like Singleton kind of feels like a, um, a comp in terms of like, okay, you know, there's probably, or the you would think that there's pro- there may be some, some down weeks, but. So he, to me, just feels like a guy that I would like. I would like in best balls if I can get him in like the fifth or sixth round, which feels fair based on what's happened so far. Um, I want to be down on Penny Boone uh, just because it feels like that's a, a big ask to go from the Mac to the ACC. And I forget what the running back room looks like there now. They brought it's in not a, very good. It's not very. But good. they brought in a few different guys, right? It's uh, it's basically Maurice Turner and Donald Cheney. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I mean, Cheney's what kind of whatever. Uh, so I, I want to be down on him, but him and Ollie Gordon, both of them, like go going into last year. It, I think it was difficult to project what would actually happen with them because if you just reflected back on what they looked like when they played football the previous year, like they had, they transformed their bo- bodies. Just, it was just a total shift of the paradigm. Like I, I, I put on at some point Oklahoma state. I It's funny how I'm talking about none of the players you actually ask about. Right. Um, I put on Oklahoma state, Iowa state, uh, YouTube uh, cutups at some point, which was like week three or four, right. Right. As Ollie was starting to break out. And I forget. Oh, I wanted to see if I could fade Jaden Higgins props or like take the, the, the lower on his props based on the, the, his backup getting uh, a lot of run the previous week. So I was trying to see if like he got hurt and like came out of the game or something. And I that the Iowa State ended up winning that game. And it, it, it was like a uh, like a very typical Oklahoma State back and forth. Why we love uh, Big 12 football type deal. But it, that seeing Ollie in that game, Ollie Gordon, like I, he had, he was just starting to ascend to the role and the, the, the few, some of his bigger plays, you would watch the highlight and be like, holy shit, who is moving like this guy who is not just big and strong, but extremely fast. I'm like, I watched Ollie Gordon in 2022. That dude was not fast at all. And looked like 
you kept hearing in the offseason how Gundy was getting after him um, and like giving him like third string work because the dude was not in shape and like he needed to drop weight and like turn fat into muscle and stuff like that. And you heard about his work ethic and all this stuff. And like that was a big factor, I think, in why like there was so much question surrounding Ollie going in the year. You watch him though in these in like the Iowa State game, and it's just like this dude is shredded and he's running around like like uh like um and abs- looking like an absolute freak out there. And it I saw I feel like we saw a similar transformation with Penny Boone. Like you watch 2022 Penny Boone, and he just looked like a plotter. You watch 2023, he's just like every touch could potentially be a touchdown. Obviously, it's going he's going up against Matt kids, but he looked like a man amongst boys. Um, so but like from a macro perspective, it feels easy and easy enough to fade him just based on the principle of like, dude, you're going from the Mac to the AAC. ACC. It's going to be like a bit of a, 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 a bit much to ask of you to, to return value on where you're being drafted. But I don't know. He looked really, really good last year. Um, so if he gets the role, like I, I don't, I think he could succeed in it. Um, so that's Sama, that's Boone. The third one, CJ, he goes higher than the other two, right? You have got him at like an RB 10. Um, I probably won't take him there. Um, I feel like there's just lots of uncertainty in terms of role. He, like he was hurt for a, a lot of when he actually had the, the RB one role at Texas last year. So trying to assess his output, his production, how he looked based on what the, like, what ha- played out in 2023 is may not be the smartest proposition considering like what, like his workload distribution and just his play was, I think was impacted by being banged up, but still, I don't know. I could, I feel like that could play out a lot of different ways and only a few of them or a, a lesser percentage of the pie amounts to him returning value at RB 10. Yeah, that was, <clears throat> I didn't love that pick. I don't like, uh, I had the first pick in this draft and I didn't, I just didn't love the turn. I guess because I got conception yeah. and Baxter and I didn't love either of them, but it felt like, because yeah. it was a weird land of like, I don't want, really want Restrepo, uh, Restrepo. Is it too early for like Ashlock? Like, you know, at the time too, um, I probably would have taken Joey Hobart to be honest, if I would have known McLeod was going to commit, but he wasn't committed at the time. So I didn't want to go there with Hobart. I, I don't initially like this first pick, you know, obviously GT is incredible. And like, how do you not like that? But it, I just don't like that next turn of second, third round. And then also the fourth, fifth round, those feel just not as good as good tier breaks or spots for me. Did you debate? Was it just Genty versus Ollie or was there anybody else that you considered? It was always going to be Genty for me. Why? I just feel like he's so good in the passing game. He's like, I mean, he's just incredible. He's playing against lesser opponents. We've known he's been great. Like, he's been great since day one. Ali came out of nowhere, right? You just talked about how bad he looked essentially in 2022. Like, I think Ali's perfectly fine. I wouldn't have any issue with the second pick. But if I'm taking one over the other, I'm 100% going to take GT over Gordon. How good is Ali in the passing game? They feed him in the passing game. I feel like he's not targets. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. I feel like it's very hit or miss. Like he, he can break one, right. If they set it up nicely and like he gets going. Um, But I feel like he has a lot of targets that don't like, don't amount to to big plays uh, just because like, he's not like, I don't think he's great 
as a pass catcher, but like you give him open space, you let him kind of get going. It's still Ollie Gordon. Um, right. Uh, but like he, he doesn't feel like a, like a natural pass catch, catcher to me, but they, they like to use him there. They want to get Ollie all the, t- the touches that they can. And like, uh, it feels like, or it felt like there would be a lot of like large portions of games um, where the defense is just like, Hey, like we're not going to let you just run Ollie up the middle to us. So Gundy will flip the script, start letting Bowman, uh, hyper target our boys uh presley or owens uh or rest in peace uh leon johnson johnson not gonna get another year um and then also get holly some targets in the the passing game i mean the the schedule is appealing i mean this is like picking i prefer gt but i can see why you like gordon i don't know yeah like generally speaking but the schedule is interesting have you seen their schedule oh yeah it's amazing it's, a, it's the amazing. final, like the playoffs, they're playing Texas Tech and Colorado. Yeah. Um, everybody gets a double buy, right? So two buys isn't a big deal, but he does have the third to last week of the season off. Does that, is that a playoff week? Third to it last. It could be if you do, if you do like 16 playoffs, that would yeah, be a third to the, last is usually playoffs, depending on how big your league is, right? So yeah. he's off that week, but he, yeah. November sixteen, he's off. But you have the most elite matchups with uh, Texas Tech and Colorado the next two weeks. Yeah, I I usually like with first round picks. I talk myself out of all of them, and then find a try and find a way to like convince myself to why they're good. Um, especially with guys that are back for like a third year and have already kind of proven it. Um, I, I don't know. My, I just feel like a lot of times those guys don't want to be there. <laughs> they just want to be done with it. Um, like they've already proven it. Uh, they're just ready to get to the league. Ollie and Genty overlap in their use cases, right? They're like, they're both, they both could have gone somewhere else if they want to both decide to come back to the school where they were superstars this past year. Um, so in, in a lot of ways, it does feel like it's splitting hairs between the two. Like, I, I don't know how to di- di- differentiate. I mean, if they're both, I mean, they're both clearly good in the past game. They're both, yeah. their schedules are going to be good. Uh, I just looked at Boise State's. It's about as straightforward as it gets. I mean, they play in the Mountain West, right? Yeah. Um, if you're not going running back, you, the top receiver is Ted McMillan, right? Would you, I wouldn't consider him first, but that would be the only other guy you could consider, right? Like, you wouldn't go Salter, would you? I don't know. I, it's, I mean, you have. I, mean, I, I can't be. Salter, I can't. So. It's tough for me to be uh, impartial about uh, about Salter. Uh, so if I was feeling silly and I wanted to like waste some waste uh, a pick on a quarterback in the first round, sure. Okay, that's my boy. I'll I'll roll with him. Um, t- and I I would love to try and make a compelling argument against Het, but it seems like it's all just going to set up for him getting a bajillion targets and being a monster. I mean, no cowing, right? So, is my, like Lamonius Craig really going to fill in? They're going to bring someone else in. They need to bring in another uh, wide receiver. You would think. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's the thing is right now. There's so many. It feels like there are some gaps in some places, and it's like, oh, this guy will be a good value because of the fact that he's there. But then there's so much. What do we got? Like five or six weeks until the next portal opens, and it's like, yeah. all right, so who's so much will change next? Um, 
If Tet would be the the first receiver for you though, right? It wouldn't be Burden or Horton or Stewart, would it? I think I would go Tet. I would. I think you have to go Tet. I would. Yeah. Burden's pretty dope though. I've come. I've I've come to the you know I've, I was on the dark side. I didn't like Burden pre last season. I was incredibly wrong, and now I think he's <laughs> obviously. They were just so bland and boring with him two years ago that it was like. Why am I? Why do I care about ninety targets to a guy that's gonna run two yard routes? Like, so I've come, I've come, I've wised up, I've wised up. Um, you know, years I thought about this the other day. Years ago, Mo Ibrahim was like the steal of the century, right? Like, and we were really just being dumb about an injury. And maybe it was like PTSD with some of these different injuries. Darius Taylor is really the same boat, but he's like the eighth pick overall in this draft. Is that too steep for him? I mean, there is some question marks because they keep bringing dudes in, but like, I mean, if if he's the guy, he should easily be an elite pick, right? Yeah, if you're if you're drafting, if you're looking to take a run back in the first round, who are the other options? I mean, Omarion Hampton. Yeah. Uh, RJ Harvey, Devin Neal, Giddens, Mafa, Brooks. Brooks. Oh, Taj Brooks. I, I hate all of them. Right. Um, I mean, well, I hate all of them at like the eighth pick. Yeah. I, I like Hampton. I like Hampton, but I wouldn't. Harvey, you could maybe get me there. Brooks, I don't think, like, I think as much as I love Brooks's floor, I don't think I would go, I wouldn't go eighth overall for him. No. Yeah, it. I might just. I probably would take Taylor amongst all of them, just because like I, I really don't like any of them there. But the the path for Taylor to being like the number one overall player is dude just stay healthy. I mean, he we saw him get force fed in that bowl game. Yeah, so and in, and in, at, basically in every game he's been healthy since he started getting carries. Right. Right. I mean, well, the thing with the bowl game that was impressive was the fact that they had a dude that was two feet out the door at quarterback, and he still and Taylor still was extremely valuable in that game. That was that was uh, a legendary prop uh, prop betting game. We'll never for, uh, forget that moment. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great game. Uh, where do you stand on? I took Holden Willis because he's tight end eligible. Yeah. Do you think that lasts? If people don't complain about it, which they might, uh, right? If they decide to be the game maker and ascend to uh, that what role, is, what is more likely? Who is more likely to lose their tight end eligibility from Fantrax? Dalvin Smith or Holden Willis? Hmm. Dalvin. I think so too. Yeah. Too many years of it being known. Plus, I think like Holden's kind of, because Dalvin is so blatantly obvious that he's not a Titan <laughs> tight end. If it's been this way for two years, I think someone, I think someone cries about it, probably, and, and gets him. Yeah, I, I like. I think if you're doing best ball drafts early on. You can set that set. There's a setting where you can lock position as of draft day, and I think that needs to be checked. It like just so, so that we're not like we're not even talking about trying to weigh factors in terms of like oh is the like is he going to be listed as like it at, by the team as this uh, position is 
fan tracks based on their history in terms of how they treat situations like this going to add or remove position eligibility. The variables are like if users make enough noise, which is instru- I don't think that's something that you should like have to weigh when you're taking when you're making a draft pick like that. It, it feels ridiculous. Yeah, because it adds another element to it. It's like, all right, well, if you don't have that checked and you're at, you're beholden to whatever fan tracks does, now you have to evaluate who's in the league with you. You know, like not, Nate has done a great job of the league. It's the, well, I'm it's, just saying you can change it by league. Like Nate, like I have Dalvin Smith in yeah. the Nate league, and he's never been a tight end because Nate changed it. So Nate has this. Nate has the setting of use only primary eligibility. Dude, there's right. so many there's so many settings for the shit in fan tracks. It's pretty cool. Um, how, like how many different ways you can customize position eligibility. But like the one that, like the the setting I'm talking about is like it the ver- I don't know exactly the verbiage, but it's basically like lock position eligibility as of draft day. Um, so then everyone at least knows what they're dealing with. There's no speculation on if people are going to uh, complain to fan tracks about a player's eligibility and then change it. Well. There's plenty yeah. of months here to 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 go. What yeah. is the champ? What do we do in the champion series? Um, Greg just Greg just plays it as a lies. He just has like whatever Fantrax has, and then whatever it moves to, like that is what we roll with. So basically, we do what you don't like. I don't I don't hate it. I like it better than like some of the other options. Um, but I mean, it's 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 tough. Like it makes it it makes it tough to take someone like Willis. Um, because you don't know what's going to happen. It's tough to like quantify it. I was looking at our, we, you know, we got our champ series draft got set up or the league got set up, but uh, we don't have all 12 people in it. So I was looking at the draft order and just realized that it's going to change once. It is. Does, does Greg randomize that or does he just let fan track? Greg, do it Greg randomizes all 12 up front and then tells us what, so he does, or he does it in some way where no one could have the same pick in any of the 12 drafts. Um, so he does everything up front, and then you know, okay, in the first draft, I have this pick, second, this one, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody gets one uh, slot throughout the duration. Yeah, I was just curious if he, when that all goes down, but interesting. Um, I was going to say, it, it looked like you had the third pick, which was going to be interesting because that's right in the Salter primary yeah. territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, uh, to, I guess to veer off of best balls. We had some pretty big quarterback news. Jane Delore gone, McLeod into Texas State. We never, we never talked about McLeod. Be- Did we ever talk about McLeod being an option for Texas State? It felt- Once it happened, it was like, man, that was yeah. So I, I think I, he was one of the guys that I was able to recall as being mentioned by the the Texas State beat writer as an option uh, for where, Texas State. Where do you put him in? Like your, if you were to do quarterback rankings, where do you put him? So I saw your rankings. I think. Uh, can I say where? Can I can I bake sure. it to my answer where I think you had him? You had him like top ten, right? I have him like nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would like you to have him, and I would like other people to have him a little lower, so that um, so you can grab him. him. <laughs> I can grab him a little later. So that that I feel like that plays out in practice is like you're talking like third, fourth round, um, which is fine. Like, yeah, I th- I don't think it's that crazy to argue he uh, he could be QB one overall. I think I that think- TJ Finley was very much representative of like, okay, if you put cookie cutter guy who has an arm, who doesn't make mistakes and give, create him, create a player like that, 
who doesn't have like a ton he could do with his legs, who isn't, who's like, we can rely on him to execute the plays that we tell him to do. This is the output in the GJ Kinney system. McLeod is above that, I think. And I think that it, he unlocks a lot more potential in that offense. And like, we've seen the numbers that that system put up in the, at the FCS level. I think that there's like, there are more doors to unlock and uh, thresholds to ascend to for this offense. And McLeod will allow that. I was surprised by McLeod not being as good of a runner as I thought he was. But if you look at his game log, I mean, it's about as weird as it gets. He has a hundred yard game and he has two games in the sixties, but then he also has negative 35 and negative 21. So now I'm trying to sit here thinking, okay, like how much upside can I actually get from his rushing? Uh, I need to look at Nick's database to tell me how many offensive linemen are gone in this offense. Yeah. It could like, Season long feels tough. I I would just look at it from the perspective of like he's like we've watched him play. We know he's got the mobility. It's there. That kind of just variable based on what they want to do with him week in, week to week, and from just like an overall strategy perspective. I, I don't know how you would. It's like I don't. I'm not envious of you or anyone who has to project stuff like that from a season long perspective. It seems difficult. Yeah, you pretty much, you just pretty much, that's the hard part is like, you're just pretty much putting like a percentage and then you're just like, for me, I then have okay. to like just multiply by 12 and then it's like, all right, well, <laughs> this is a, this feels really, really mathematical here. Um, I, I have a feeling he's going to project very well when I start screwing out with that stuff, just because I have a type, you know, the, the rushers, the runners. Um, you took, uh, did you want to talk more Texas State? What were you going to say? Well, I took Cole Wilson. Are you trying to transition into Cole Wilson here? No, I. He might be a player that if he's there later in the draft, and I want to complete a Texas State stack, I'll take him. I haven't I haven't checked vetted this, but it feels like the games where he blew up was really were really like when Joey Hobart was out. Um which I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I want to really like count on if I, when I'm drafting him, he does feel like the pretty clear uh, wide receiver too in that offense. Right. And my recollection is also that they spent a lot of the early part of that season, early to mid part of that season, kind of messing around with start who of like the, the depth chart at wide receiver outside of Hobart. Uh, and like Wilson was the guy who kind of settled in as a starter in, as uh, with Hawkins and uh, Hobart. So, I mean, I don't think he's a bad pick. Um, I do feel that outside of like a Hobart injury, though, you're probably what you're likely getting in return is just like, okay, three to four weeks where this guy's going to enter your lineup in a best ball and like a, a lot of, a lot of mid uh, performances. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the numbers that you're right. Like Hawkins is gone, which is yeah. great because he was the he ran the second most routes. Um, I what would be really interesting is the touchdown breakdown because do you remember how many touchdowns Finley threw last year? No, twenty four. That feels surprisingly low, right? Like McLeod throws more than twenty four. Like McLeod throws for thirty touchdowns at least, right? Yeah. So where is so the question then becomes okay where are they going? Yeah. 
And like, if you look at last year's numbers, Malik Hornsby had six rushing touchdowns. He's gone. RIP. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like there's some potential, but you're right. I, he would just have to, Wilson would just have to get more touchdown share. Maybe this is a Joey Hobart conversation. Like maybe Joey Hobart just goes crazy, right? He had eight 101. touchdowns. 1.01. I'm not saying 101, but you know, the, the thing is these receivers are really nice at the top. Like it's really hard not to like, like Royals, Horton, Stewart, Atkins, you know, like, yeah, Ricky White, we can touch on here in a second. But after that, like, I am not completely sold. Like, I will have no Igbuka. I love Tez Johnson, but like, if I'm looking at Hobart with what I think may be like an improved passing attack, maybe I take Hobart over Tez Johnson quite easily there, right? Yes, yes, I would, I would do that. What is his potential of targets? You think Hobart? Like, what are we, what are we thinking here? Is 120 possible? That feels that feels fair, right? Uh, ten a pop. He had ninety seven in eleven games, and I'm near positive he didn't finish one or two of those games. Yeah, and yeah. Interesting. If you if we set a ten a game average, I would take the over. I think it's possible. Ninety seven targets in eleven games. That's a lot. Yeah. Does McLeod have any relation to any of these returning guys? A cousin, best friend from elementary school. Yeah, he's been to a lot of places, seen a lot of things, right? Uh, Across his different stops in the the CFB landscape, so it's not impossible. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Well, let's see. I I think I just sold myself on more Joey Hobart. Just keep stealing all my good ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of stealing good ideas, Matthew Saluka. Yeah, dude. That, let's let's go. Um, rip what to a real that? one. Real one. Doug Brumfield, right, retiring. Uh, Another but, guy of mine that just got <laughs> in that Nate league. I'm like, let me take Delora and Doug Brumfield because I know they'll be in college for two years, and both of them got benched halfway through the season. The uh, dude, uh, the Campbell guy, Hodge Malik Williams, like he's going to re-enter the portal after the spring, right? You think so? What, why is he sitting like I didn't think you I've only seen him play like one time when they played coastal like three years ago. Uh so the dude's it was been on in college. A, it was on a it was on a slate. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's he's been in college for a minute and he like he came into that game with like some nice numbers and I feel like he just did not play well. Um so that's my only Hajj Malik experience. Uh but I don't know. I like did he really choose the LNLV to just chill? For, as QB2 for the whole season because that is probably what happens if he stays there for the entire year. So I, I, I think he goes through the spring and then then leaves like final season of eligibility. Why would he do this? Um, but I've been so wrong before in instances like that, right? Spencer Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so <laughs> it's just a guess. Uh, but I, I don't think he beats out Saluka. I don't think he does either. I don't know what the level of, I mean, you know, Holy Cross. I don't think, I remember Nick uh, from, you know, Nick Winning Edge saying that like Holy Cross's conference, maybe it was Mox saying the conference wasn't like all that impressive, but I don't know how good the Campbell conference is. Do you know? No, no I'm mean, not that. I'm not the FCS guy. Uh, I but, mean, uh, a lot of 100 yard but, games for Malik Williams. Hodge Malik yeah. Williams. Luca destroyed Buffalo, I believe back to back years. And not that that's saying a lot. Um, and then like kind of held his own against BC too. Like, I think he'll be fine. Uh, just from the perspective of, 
Like, I, I don't think that there's a ton of floor risk. And then, I mean, I feel like every chance we get, I talk about the the match, but for him, that is the go-go offense. Like, he's just gonna, he's gonna he's gonna run it all day. It's gonna what, be great. Why why is he a match? Is it because it's like I think we can all agree, Sluka is not like a gunslinger. He's yeah. not like talented. It's a, that offense is like that offense runs the quarterback a lot. Okay, so that's just more of like an easy route, heavy targets to your stud who you have, Ricky White, and a bunch of runs. Yeah, I'm in. If so, I'm in. I mean, the guy is yeah. like a wrecking ball. And, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at his game log. It's like, wait a second. He played in the Fordham and Lee. You know about these Fordham and Lehigh games? Did he get hurt? Is that why he didn't finish? No, I don't know. I think he got hurt because he has like two carries and one and one and the other. So it makes his season even more impressive. I have him after looking. This is a little bit of a concept of an article I'm putting together. Uh, quarterback battles. It feels like Malik Haj Malik Williams will be would be like a fancy asset, but not anywhere near what Sluka could give us. And I like early on, I'm thinking like, why wouldn't he? Why couldn't he be a top twenty quarterback in fantasy? For sure, Friel is there too, right? Cameron Friel, he uh, the 2022 uh, Mountain West Freshman of the Year. Like, does Haj Malik even beat him out if they? Uh, if they all get their fair shake, like I don't, I didn't think Friel was anything special uh, when he was playing, but still, like when you're talking about just depth charts all the way down, like he is at worst a very solid. Like programs would kill to have him as their QB three, um, and but I don't know him versus a, a dude that was playing QB at an FC at FCS school. Like I think that is also a bob battle, and another reason that it wouldn't surprise me if Hash Malik entered the portal uh, after spring ball. I'm just looking through real quick. Let's see. I don't see. He's not listed on Nick's. Friel is not listed, uh, but really? he is returning. Yeah, he is returning because I just found this article on Doug Brumfield retiring, obviously. And yeah. he's listed as a returner. Uh, I'll okay. have to update Nick. Nick loves it when I tell him what he did wrong. So that'll be fun. Uh, I um, Can we talk about your draft a little bit? Yeah, let's, let's transition why to my draft. Take, um, why did you take... One of us, I think, has the wrong idea when it comes to Western Kentucky this year. Um, you took Finley and uh, Easton Messer. Are you? Did you see? So they brought in like the Mississippi State offensive line coach to be their OC this year. Uh, they demoted the dude who was also from, I believe, Mississippi State previously, Drew Hollingshead, who everyone at Western Kentucky hates because he like ruined the offense. Uh, from 2022 to 2023, right? 2022 was run by the dude who went to Wazoo. They bring in the guy, um, Hollingshead from Mississippi State to run a true air raid, and he just destroys that offense and, like, um, really brings it down, uh, from the echelon, upper echelon. Um, so, I mean, you watch these games play out for Western Kentucky in 2023, and they're struggling to beat like three and four win schools. Like it, it, it was not what the standard that we hold Western Kentucky to generally speaking. So he's demoted. They bring in this, this offensive line coach you read about him and it's just like, fuck this guy is like, this guy feels like he just wants to be like tough, t- like run some like tough physical offense type stuff. Like at minimum, like I don't see how bringing this guy in signifies like, okay, we're, we saw what we did wrong in 2023, bringing in this like true air raid guy. Let's get back to like the creative passing game that we saw in 
be so successful as for us not in just in 2022 but 2021 and then so many years in the 2010s as well right um this doesn't feel like that at all uh like I, I feel I do feel like there for a lot of my stronger positions that I haven't overly researched, there's probably it's possible that I am missing something. Um, and before I start to do drafts, like I want to validate a little bit more. Uh, but just that piece of information uh, in conjunction with also just not being like a big TJ Finley fan. Uh, I like it makes me think, OK, I can just probably fade this whole offense um, outside of a draft where it's possible to for Teron Keith to have some value or Elijah Young. Like I like both those guys, but they're probably going to cannibalize each other, but I don't know. I like them both. He's a, so Hollingshead is the guy, right? The new OC. I just was looking up some No, stuff. he's the guy who got demoted. Uh, he's oh, the, he's guy the one who, that got demoted? Yeah. He got, so he ran the 2023 offense. Um, Will Friend, I think his name is, uh, oh, is running Will the, uh, yeah, Will Friend. He just, like this dude just wants to destroy the, the Western Kentucky passing game. Uh, is my initial inclination based on uh, how he looks and his history, um, which I should dive deeper into, but just like reading like offensive line coach for like eight years. Um, and then uh, like, I, I need to do the Nick thing and, or like anyone who actually builds projections thing and look at like, okay, he does have some OC background. What did those offenses look like? Like I haven't dove into this, um, but I don't know. The, the warning signs feel like they're there. This is about the most up and down. I'm going to tell you the teams that he's worked with, and you're going to be like, oh, that's great. And then you're going to be like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, he was at Georgia from 11 to 14. He was at Colorado State from 2015 to 2017. That had to have been following Bobo, right? Was that the Bobo years? Which in 2017, that offense was like top 12 in the country in yards yeah. per game. Okay. But then he went, he went over to, uh, let's see here, Auburn. I'm sorry, Tennessee then Auburn and Mississippi state. So, and he's got he Tennessee time too. Down. three years at Tennessee 18, during like 19, the, the horrible years, I believe, but like he's I've, offensive line coach for some of this stuff. And when he's with Bobo, my recollection is when Bobo was at Colorado state, like it, Bobo was running the show there offensively. Um, that could be wrong. A lot of this could be wrong. Right. Um, this is all just kind of top of mind type stuff, but um, I don't know. I'm sketched out. Yeah, I think ultimately I overdrafted Messer. Um, eighth end of yeah. eighth round was, was in hindsight, you know, just been sharing it with other people. That's too high. That's why I kind of like doing this first one is because, like, I'm in round 18. I have no idea who I should take next. You know, <laughs> like it's the amount of guys out there that are available and not. I'm just very shocked at like. I don't even that I'm so like blank on what to do next, but it does seem like, you know, if you're not going to try to steal like the tight end eligibility out of Dalvin Smith, you probably should just wait on Messer till the double digits. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe there's some quotes out there about the system they're going to run. Uh, right. I would like to see that um, instead of just forming this fade conclusion purely off of this guy's looks and some high level uh, background of him. Uh like you would think that when they hired him, there was a press conference and maybe some detail on like what the system's going to be like. So tracking that down would be advantageous, but initially I'm sketched. I could see the reason why TJ Finley is not a great quarterback, but it's also the conference USA. So that's yeah. where I'm also like, you know, if he can be successful at Texas state in the Sun Belt, 
that's a better conference. Now he's going down to the conference USA. Like, yeah, I'll take a piece of that. What did you think of my, I took two picks back to back running backs, 13 and 14th round that I was like, this feels decent, but I have no idea. So let's start with Jarquez Hunter at Auburn. And who, who's the other one? Tell me the other. Ches Malusi at Wisconsin. Ooh, I, I do like the Malusi pick uh, there. System, right? We we can feel, I think, pretty strong that, okay, he, he probably won't get a full, like, RB1 workload, but seen Longo create good rushing uh, offenses. Um, do we know what did what was Malusi's injury? Did he blow his ACL? Uh, lower leg injury. That's all it says, at least. Okay, of uh, and this little fan yeah. checks right up. He's he's looked. I mean, it's we all. I feel like there's been so much hate for him, largely because we all just want Braylon Allen to explode. Um, uh, but it's not like when you watch him, where uh, it's like this guy sucks. Like he had, he looks really explosive. I think at times and really good. Um, so what does their RB room look like? It's like Jackson Acker and that guy's not real. That guy sucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it feels like there's a Tawi Walker. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Tawi. So you figure they're one uh, A, one B. Uh, if if Malusi's healthy, he's like starting um, and getting a little more of the work, um, and maybe maybe a lot more depending on how things play. Like I, I can't say I'm this. I'm really sold on Tawi Walker and from a competency perspective. Fourteenth um, round. That's fine, I think. I, I would like him a few rounds later, but I, I like the pick. Jarquez, I feel like every time I bet a rushing prop for him last year, whatever direction, I, I bet it was wrong. Uh, it felt impossible for me personally to predict like what, what he was going to do because it felt like for a large chunk of the season, his role was just very unpredictable. Uh, you, I could, like some weeks until like the down the stretch, uh, maybe. Uh, but like some weeks, three, four running back committee. And then like I had a decent position on like his under this and he, he hits the over in the first quarter. So that was fun. Uh, but 13th round. I think that's I think it's fine. Uh, the uh, it's definitely got upside, right? It It, it felt. Like they really settled on him the back half of the year. It's like, all right, he is that dude. Um, like, let's just let's just feed him. He ca- he almost carried me all the way through a playoff run, and then I feel like he just got some bad touchdown luck uh, in one of the games, the semifinals against like again um, or the finals, and just didn't uh, it didn't work out from a fantasy perspective. But his role felt very secure uh, down back half. He was performing really well. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, no real complaints. He's an interesting one because, like, if you, kind of like you mentioned, like, it felt like his season was weird. Like, if I told yeah. you he had 909 rushing yards, I would surprise you, right? Like, he ran for almost six yards of carry. But nice thing here is that, like, he sh- I can't imagine him not getting more carries. Ashford's gone, and Ashford was, like, touchdown vulture on the end zone around short stuff, and Jarquez is pretty stocky. Like, I feel like he'll get those carries instead. And now the question becomes like how if Auburn's offense can be better, then Hunter doesn't need a ton of increase in volume. But if it's going to be Peyton Thorne with like a similar, very average at best receiver group, then they then he needs to get some volume. 
you don't believe that they're actually going to roll with Thorne, right? I didn't think so, but who's who was going to be available? You know, I was hoping it was going to be McLeod or something, but like now we're just. I, I just think that there will be a lot that happens after the after the spring, and I don't know. I'm like, if I were Freeze, which I would never want to be, uh, I would do what he's doing though, and just like continue to talk up the guys on my roster until we make a move. And then it's like, okay, we've made that move. But up until that actually happens, you talk up Thorn. Okay. Was there another pick that was interesting to you oh, from my uh, draft? I, I hated a lot of your moves. Uh, let me let me see if nice. I can find it. Nice. That's a good yeah. draft then. <laughs> let me see here. I took my when boy, you, Kyron Jones. You, you when like did, you, did you send it to me? or did, uh, you It was just, a tweet. Did, oh, it's a tweet. Right. I tweeted out this morning, 17 rounds deep. And uh, I like my quarterback group. But, you know, Garrett Green at 612, the very last pick in the sixth round is interesting to me. He's yeah, a little bit I of mean, one of those broken piece guys. Like he might get concussed every other game. So I probably, with a guy like him, I'll probably try to find like a, like a DJU type where I know he's going to be fine for a full season and kind of be a little bit more of a conservative, safer play to kind of piggyback. What is the um, obsession with you and everyone else and this dude, uh, Kentrell Bullock? Why, I knew like, you why were going to say that. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Why is he the guy? Why is he proclaimed as being the guy over uh, Braylon McReynolds? Like, why is it definitively him? All right. So this is actually really funny. This morning, Mike messaged me saying that he and some others were talking about how he was wondering the same thing. Why is it Bullock? Why are people on it? Full disclosure, I took the pick. I made the pick, and then I kept like looking at it more, and I'm like, "Wait a second! Yeah, that's, like, that's probably the way you should do it. This that, in that order. <laughs> in that order. If you were wondering why I was like seventh in the champion series last year with Aiden <laughs> Daniels and every single one of my teams, that's how. Uh, but I do think the only reason why Mick Reynolds doesn't fit is because he's like five ten, one eighty. Like he's small. I do think it. Mick Reynolds is probably the guy you want but I don't know how valuable that piece is. It almost feels like running back by committee. He is great through the passing game. He had like a ton of catches in like five games. And most specifically, I was looking at, this is why I said in hindsight, I almost immediately regretted it. You look at the bowl game last year against Eastern Michigan. Remember they crushed him. But if you looked at the game log, like the script, they went McReynolds first. McReynolds had like four or five carries, maybe three or four carries the first two drives before Bullock got a carry. And it did always seem like McReynolds was the RB2. So I think McReynolds is the guy, and I probably won't have Bullock again. Yeah. It, I'm annoyed that we talked about it now because I was planning on letting all the droolers just light their. I was going to talk about it on I'm on Jared's pod this weekend, slash yeah. Monday. All and right. he, I have McReynolds as, uh, we're going to talk about some ADP stuff, which will be fun. And I yes. have McReynolds as like a too low guy. So yeah. I was going to talk about it regardless. You couldn't okay. avoid it. Okay, fine. Yeah, I assume he's free right now, and he's he like, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it ends up being something akin to like uh, a couple of years ago, Harrison Whaley versus Ontario Brown. Like a lot of batting back and forth between uh, people who are drafting. Who like who's it going to be? Uh, type deal. Um, I would lean McReynolds. It, uh, do you remember how crazy his props were for that bowl game? Uh, they I don't. They, it was just a copy paste job of uh, 
LaDamian Webb numbers, basically. Uh, it was like 94 rush yards and like 35 pass receiving yards. He went over on the receiving, under on the rushing. But it was still scary because it was like, like I wanted to go under on everything for him. Uh, but it was like, it's fucking EMU. Like, it's probably like he could get there. Um, but um, yeah, I will not take uh, Bullock unless we see some like, Unless we start to like, okay, see evidence that he is the running back one. But right now it just feels like we're just, there's assumptions made due to height, weight, and uh, stars, uh, right? Associated with him. Bullock was like a four star at Mississippi State, I think, and transferred uh, like a bunch of years ago over. Um, so that I think is where the projection uh, comes from. But I, I definitely lean McReynolds based on the information available right now. What do you think about on the RB front to stay on it? Who do you trust more, Ricky Hunt or Freddie Brock? I mean, we're talking two huge bowl game guys that yeah. now seemingly are the running back one, but we don't uh, really know. I would want to read up a little more on what on Georgia State. Um, I don't know anything about what they did in terms of offensive scheme and position hires. Uh, the ret- returning production stuff scary for them. Ohio brought in another running back, right? Be- uh, but it's not it's not someone who is uh, like, oh, it's that dude Anthony Tyus, that that uh, Northwestern plotter, uh, the guy like uh, who was like RB three or four in Northwestern, uh, and he broke like one big carry in one game, and dude, like it looked like he was walking with like um, bricks attached to his feet. The, the guy was going so slow, um, but I would lean hunt. I think I am curious what they end up doing a quarterback at Ohio. Like they already brought in Gunnar Gundy who did it, who said, then said peace and went, he went to Alabama, right? I think that was a joke, but I don't was it know. A joke? I don't know. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was like a mock. I think somebody joked, like did it as like a like a funny meme type situation. You, know, right. you, you have is- to you have to reckon real recognize real uh, type deal if that's the case. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I see nothing on it. So I mean, some people get upset about oh how dare you impersonate fake news and stuff like that. But like um, a true That's master just old-fashioned of, fun right there. That's clean, yeah, a true master of their fun. craft. Uh, I, it takes a lot to get me because uh, with something like that, because I'm always on the lookout for it. Um, but props to whoever came up with that one. But um, it getting back to Ohio, like they already showed an, an interest in upgrading the quarterback room, not just from a depth perspective. Like Parker Navarro, Navarro cannot start. Um, I would love it. Right. Um, just from like a match and prop unders perspective, like, please let like give me a, a 180 yard passing prop uh, in a, on a cold match in winter night. And we'll just bet under for days um, that like that you can't throw the ball. And then uh, neither can CJ Harris. It's CJ Harris is the problem, right? I mean, if it's not either of those, if it's not Navarro, then it has to be Harris, which is he can't throw scarier. either. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. But so I, I think there's still there's still uh, some moves to be made in terms of like QB there. So um, if they are if they feel like they're all set from a running back perspective, and you tell me the competition is Anthony Tyus, I like 
that makes me feel good about drafting Ricky Hunt. The only mock I did, I took him. Um, if he's like, I I feel like as as things progress and if new barriers are not or to, like to entry for him are not inserted, like they don't bring in more pieces, um, his stock will rise. Um, but yeah, I would go. I would, right now, I I go hunt over uh, Brock. Yeah, the the concern, like you mentioned, with Brock is that uh, everybody is gone from Georgia State, like coaches and players. They did bring in C.J. Beasley, which who knows how good C.J. Beasley is, but he's a name that we all recognize. Uh, But then you're right; like the alternative is Ohio, with which is likely to be an absolutely awful offense, especially if they go Harris. One you you said Tyus, you know, makes me think of is Cam Porter. Do you know Cam Porter's got two seasons left? Two, two seasons left. Twenty twenty bonus year, and twenty twenty one he redshirted because he got that ACL injury in August, yeah. right after I drafted him in our dynasty league. I think Cam Porter could be interesting. I don't think he's any good, but the Northwestern offense was shockingly more impressive than it should have been. And if he's the only guy there, I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm down to to try it out at the end. Yeah, I, I it's so much confounds me about Northwestern this past year. Like, I don't understand how Brendan Sullivan was able to lead a, a a not atrocious offense. Like, I thought that dude was just death to any game plan when he was in Syria, but he surprisingly was able to com- complete some passes and to the demise of my wallet. Uh, but, um. It still feels like really you're gonna like go with him as QB one uh, this year. That doesn't feel like a recipe for success. I don't know if I'll take Porter. Um, it feels like every week is between like fifty and seventy yards. Like, do I really want to? Is that what I want to do from a best ball perspective? Yeah, he was so good that first year, man. It was yeah. just such a bummer. Uh, Sullivan, funny, fun kind of memory here is. Uh, I got yelled at for Sullivan. Remember when Sullivan won the bowl game by just getting concussed like six times in a row? And it was so, remember that he was so clearly concussed. Was that Sullivan? Not Ben Bryant? Oh, well, same, same thing. Whatever. It was Ben Bryant. Same guy. Just different number. Yeah. So Ben Bryant. I remember that. Yeah. You you tweeted, you tweeted about that and uh, you got canceled. Man, Northwestern fans really care about football. That was a shocking moment in my lifetime. Uh, which is funny because if people want to go back to it on the Pat Mayo show, I said that Northwestern would be lucky to win a game, I think. And they won what seven. So yeah, they were my uh, biggest uh, preseason win total uh, the under for them. And that did not go well. I have this interesting idea. I'm curious if you think it would, if people would do it and maybe we set it up. Uh, I used to do this MLB thing where it was like, you, you pick five teams against their spread. Maybe it's not going to work because the numbers are so small. And whoever had the best differential uh, like on, on against the win total prop would win the pot. You know, like, so if I said the Oakland A's were yeah. at 64 yeah, yeah, wins, yeah. No, that's cool. so I wonder if we could do a little bit of a small pot on that. Like, you know, if we get enough people, everybody throw in like 20 bucks and whoever has the best, we'd have to figure out a bigger number though, because no, I think you need more teams. I was going to say a bigger, a yeah. more amount of teams because in football there's 12 games and baseball there's 162. So like, 
Do you get negative if you're wrong? Yeah, it's just it's just like a <laughs> plus minus differential in basketball. It's like if if you say Auburn's going to win, you know, Auburn over six and a half, let's say, and they win eight, yeah. you get 1.5. If they win four, I, I you that. get that minus two and a half. Maybe I'll, I'll hit the C2C slack and see if I can get a, yeah. some momentum before hitting Twitter. Nice. But any final thoughts before we wrap up here, Andrew? Looking at your draft a little more. Who were the, who was the other guys that you hated? Did you hate Laquan um, at the end of the fourth? Did you hate Paul? I I don't. I, I was trying to form a, a hot take surrounding that one, and I I just don't. I don't think I have an opinion. Like I I don't think it would ever call to me to to take him. Um, I don't have a great feel for what their what their identity is, what their plan plan is, and how. Like I think they're a fun case study, right? You throw, you put a bunch of bag men in, into and let them run a, a program. Let's see what happens. Uh, but I don't know how it's going to play out on Saturdays, actually. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in like in Syracuse as a an experiment. Uh, fourth round to me feels a tad rich to risk on an experiment that I just don't have strong feelings about, though. Okay. Yeah. I like Jaden Higgins. Um, I would like to get him a little later than the seventh round when you took him, but I totally get it. Yeah, it's um I it's it's really appealing to me, right? He was so good, like down the stretch. Noel is good as well, for sure, but he doesn't have like that upside in my opinion. And I mean Rocco Beck, I think kind of proved this all wrong that he's like more than adequate, at least in terms of college football. So that offense should be pretty good. I mean, it should hum pretty well and a lot of scoring opportunities. So I, I, uh, I could see myself having a lot of either of them. Noel obviously would be more of like the, Hey, I took some sketchy receivers at the top. Let me get somebody a little bit safer. Did you listen to uh, chasing the Natty with the G five guys uh, this week? The G five. I did. Yeah, I did. I, it's yeah, not, it's I, not I, I say G five guys. Cause that's an actual like proprietary uh, podcast as well. Um, but yeah, just referring to like Luke and, uh, justice, it's annoying that like, they made a lot of, uh, good points about ups and downs related to a lot of those programs. I was hoping would stay a little low, lower key, if you will. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I was thinking, um, regarding some of those G5 programs, I heard them, uh, mentioning as well. So definitely that was a solid pod. Yeah. I thought both the coaching change ones were interesting especially for me as someone that doesn't do a lot of research as much as i should on like the coaching schemes and the replacements and yeah the background i know you like that stuff me i that's right. a little bit too much work for me so i don't usually usually do it as much but um but yeah so well hopefully you know we got i somehow have 12 more 13 more picks to make and this thing is dragging this draft is dragging so hopefully by next week i'll have a couple more picks you can hate on which will be fun very cool but awesome. Well, uh, glad we could get back on here, chat a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll continue this hopefully weekly, get, get some nice momentum going. Hope uh, everybody has a great week, and we'll chat soon.